You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Today, I am here with Brad Lomenick, who is a leadership consultant. He's a speaker. He's the founder of BLINC, and he is also the author of The Catalyst Leader and H3 Leadership. And I was just mentioning to uh, Brad before that I remember seeing his book in uh, the airport in Houston, and it really popped out to me. It really stood out, uh, and it said on the front cover, Be Humble, Stay Hungry, Always Hustle. And uh, I, I skimmed through the book and I just remember reading so many awesome points there on the, the, the habits of a leader, uh, effective habits of a leader. And uh, Brad, I'm really excited for you to be able to share some of those habits today and, and we can also go into some uh, leadership talk today. So welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. It's great to have you here. Hey, thanks, Joel. It's good to be with you, man, and excited to uh, hopefully share a nugget or two with your, with your community. <laughs> that's it. Well, that's the thing too. If you're listening right now, if you just walked away with one thing, just one thing, right? No pressure, Brad, right? Right. But just one right. thing, guys, that could absolutely change your life. It could change uh, your business and it could elevate you to a new level. So just really listen to this podcast and see if you can pull one thing from it and really sit you know, after this podcast and really have a think about it, tie it into maybe your own life experiences and see how you can apply it in your own life. Yeah, no, that's good. I, I, you're probably the same way. When I'm speaking, I always, I always tell an audience, that's, that's the goal here, is, is one thing for you to take with you that, that you can do something with. Uh, and you know, when you break it down like that, then people go, oh, okay, I can actually, I can actually take one thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally achievable. That's right. I love it, Brad. I love it. So, Brad, I remember seeing a lot of habits that you had listed in the book, uh, and you know, you see quite a lot of uh, talk in the self development industry about habits, and so it's obviously very important to implement the right habits in your day to day routine. What do you feel are really the the effective habits that we should be applying in our life if we want to become powerful leaders? Yeah, well, it's a great question, and this book. H3 leadership for me was was based off of what I would call sort of a recalibration for my own leadership. I, I'd been uh, running something called Catalyst, which is a, a large conference uh, movement here in the U.S. that gathers young leaders. Um, and you know, for I was standing on stages and behind this movement and behind this conference-driven organization and. And supposed to be the leader that had it all together, supposed to be the leader that had it all figured out, supposed to be the leader that, that knew what I was talking about. And I, I, I noticed over time, over you know, 10 or 12 years, that some of the habits that I put in place in my early days were starting to fade and starting to go away and starting to um, get sucked into a vortex because we were pursuing this, this bigger goal. We were, we were trying to build something significant. And and nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, that's, the, that's the power of, of a vision. That's the power of creating an organization. It's the power of a movement. But, man, I had to recalibrate. I had to think, okay, if I'm going to be talking about this idea of leadership and I, I want to lead well myself personally, I've got to have some habits that will drive, hopefully for me, daily success. Um, you know, the, <clears throat> the humble, hungry hustle is, is the, um, I would say those are the buckets that, that these 20 habits fit into. And if I had to give you, you know, one in each of those categories, um, and, and maybe that's a practical way to, to talk about all 20, because I know we can't get to all 20, but let, let me give you, let me start with one in the, in the humble category, and that's a, a habit of authenticity. And we hear, you know, we hear about that a lot, Joel, like we're, everybody's talking about, we, we need to be authentic, we need to be our true selves, yeah. we need to be real. And I just, I think it is the undercurrent, and I think it's the, it, is, it has to be the foundation of where you're leading from. And that's easy when you're not carrying anything. You know, it's, it's really easy to be authentic when, when, you're a, uh, when you're at the bottom of the food chain in an organization or you're, you're starting out. But when you start to get power, when you start to get influence, when you start to get notoriety, when people start to listen to you, when, 
when you have a, a title next to your name, when, you've, when, you, when you have a, a hierarchy underneath you, man, all of a sudden, we, we, we many times as leaders lose track of who we truly are. And we, and we surround ourselves with people who tell us what we want to hear. We, we remove or we put in place all these barriers that keep people from us. And all of a sudden, we're so insulated and isolated that our leadership becomes a vacuum of just us echoing ourselves to each other. Wow. And, you know, that was happening to me. I, I, was, I was noticing not only that I was starting to, to listen to my own press clippings or, or read my own press clippings or not listen to other people around me, but I was starting to actually try to be like everybody else I was around. Because we were bringing in lo- lots of amazing communicators and speakers and best-selling authors, you know, Malcolm Gladwell and Jim Collins and, um, and Marcus Buckingham and, Bob Goff and Andy Stanley, like all these people for me that were heroes of mine. Wow, that's some. And big I would names. get around. I would get around them in the in the uh, at, at these events and conferences and in green rooms, and I would notice that all of my energy would start to to lean towards Brad. You need to be more more like them. You know, you need to be more courageous like Bob Goff. You need to be more uh, intelligent like Malcolm Gladwell. You need to be more strategic like Jim Collins. And you need to be a great, an amazing communicator like Andy Stanley. And man, I started, I started to act like them. And I had to be reminded, no, the best version of me as a leader, the best version of, of, of me as a, as a person is to, to truly be who I've been wired to be, who God created me to be. And also this, this understanding that leading from the true self of who I am. And that sounds really simple on paper, but it is so hard once you get to a place where now people are starting to watch you. And I love what Pat Lencioni says. You know, he's a great writer, management thinker. And Pat says the old days of leadership, it was, it was never let people see a sweat. That, that, was the, the, that was the idea of leadership was fake it till you make it, get to the top, hide all your stuff, um, mm-hmm. put it behind the curtain. You know, don't let anybody see the, the real you. Um, fake perfection as much as you can, you know, put out this facade that is, is, it looks good on paper, but man, if anybody started to poke at it, it would, it would deflate. And today it's, it's just the opposite. He would say that, man, it's, it's, man, show people your pit stains, like walk into the room and just raise those arms and go, look at these guys, man. Can you believe like how much stain I got working into my armpits? This is crazy. (laughs) <laughs> and that's just such a beautiful picture to me of the leader I want to be, which is I'm real, I'm vulnerable, I'm transparent, I'm aware of myself, I'm self-aware enough to know the things I struggle with. But the reality for all of us that are leading today is this, that all the people that are around you, your family, your, your team, your, your staff, they already know all the stuff you don't do well. They, they already know the things you struggle with. They already know all the things that you might be trying to hide. So part of our job as leaders today is to just walk in with an authenticness that says, I know the you that you know. Like I know the Brad that tends to fly off the handle at certain points when, when, a, when a brochure is not done well, when, when that design wasn't the way that I thought it should be, when we weren't necessarily pursuing excellence. And you know, because my team already knows that. And so I, I just think that is so important and so strategic, foundational today. If you're going to lead well, you've got to have a habit of constantly pushing yourself to look in the mirror and go, am I leading from the true me? Wow. Brad, I love that. It's, it's you know, what's interesting uh, in the space that we're in, in like self-development, leadership, right? I have a lot of... Uh, millennial leaders that I hang out with and I feel like transparency and authenticity is, is such a huge conversation. What do you Oh, it's feel? massive, man. And, and yeah, and it because it's so important. Like people are so sick of being sold to and uh they they know when things are fabricated now and you know the buzzwords don't work anymore, right? It's about like who are you really? Right? And that's what yes. people want to feel safe. They want to feel like they can trust because they're being sold a lie for so many years now. So that's awesome that you're really focused on the authenticity side of things. I think that's great. Uh, what do you feel is a great habit or habits to practice uh, to really become more authentic? Like what do you implement in your life on a daily basis or a weekly basis to, to really uh, amplify your 
your the act of uh, being more transparent? Yeah, well, there's a couple things. One is is that, like I said, I, the self awareness piece, and um, and that comes down to the practical side of of knowing yourself on a consistent, continual basis. So, man, you you as a leader personally, all of us as leaders personally, have to dial in on on personality tests, on every every test you can take, every self awareness uh, measurement tool that you can find, you need to be leaning into. And, and that's everything from, you know, the DISC to the Myers-Briggs to the Strengths Finders to the Enneagram to the Berkman. I mean, there's all these amazing personality tests that are out there uh, that will help you to know, like, how, how do you, not only how do you respond to things, but, you know, the way you're wired. Like, you have to understand uh, a true sense of, of the wiring that you have within you because all of us are different. And, and if you don't know that, then you're, you're going to have a hard time um, being able to lead others, you know, because again, you got, we, we know this as leaders, we have to lead ourselves first. So that's a big one. Take some personality tests. Um, find some people around you who will, who will um, not, only, not only be truthful with you, but they have, they have the best in mind for you. Because there's a lot of people that I've found that will really tell me the truth, but they're not really for me. They're, they're not... They're not seeking the best for me. They're actually, they might be trying to sabotage me. They might be trying to, you know, to, to take my job or to, or to make me look bad. Um, you know, so you have to have both. You have to have people who are for you as well as those who will tell you the truth. And again, the higher you go up the levels of leadership and power and influence and notoriety and that, you know, as soon as you become somebody important, then, then all of a sudden people don't want to tell you what's really happening. And, uh, this is true in every organization I've seen, Joel. I mean, every organization, this is true. Like, we all start out and we're going, ah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be so truthful and transparent. And then we get in those places of power and we, we turn away from it as well as the people around us start turning away from it. And, and so you've got to have people who will tell you the truth. Um, another one that's, I think, really practical for me is that I have to constantly understand and remind myself and, and think about um, what season of assignment I'm in that reflects my calling. And th- this is really important. Um, you know, all of, us, all of us have a calling in life. Um, all of us have an identity. An identity is, is who we are. That that's, should be unchanging. Our calling is why we're here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something that can change, but probably shouldn't a, a whole a lot of times over your life. Um, so we've got to we, we as leaders have to understand our calling, our personal sense of calling. And then the assignment that we have is what we do. So that, all those have to be congruent, lined up in the same direction, and actually working together. And for me, again, going back to sort of the reason I wrote H3 Leadership, I was having some discongruence with my calling and assignment that was, that was also messing up my identity. And because I'd, be, I'd become Catalyst Brad. Like Catalyst Brad was who I was, it was also what I was doing. And it was also why I was here. So as soon as I walked away from Catalyst Brad, I mean, I, I stepped away from running Catalyst because it was just time for, for me to do some other things and let some other leaders lead. And, and I had to really struggle through, wait, is this my, is this my identity? Mm. Because if, if it is, then all of a sudden I'm done. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with life. Um, no, it wasn't my identity. It wasn't even my calling, Joel. Um, it was my assignment for, for 10 plus years. So we got to make sure those are really, really congruent. And, and so f- let me give you my personal example of this. My identity is I'm Brad Lominick. You know, I, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm, the, I'm the son of my parents. You know, I'm like I grew up in Oklahoma. All these things that are true about me. Um, I'm a man of faith. Like all, all these things are who I am. Then my calling is to influence leaders. It's to it's to influence the influencers. That's my calling in life. That's why I'm here. That's the purpose I have in my life. But I can, I'm going to do that through a number of assignments, which are my job or my vocation or my season of, of career. So 10 years of my season of assignment was, was working and leading something called Catalyst. That assignment is over. It's like a chapter in a book. I'm on to the next chapter. I, never, I didn't lose my calling, though. And I definitely didn't lose my identity. But a lot of us, especially men, and you know, it's men and women, but especially men, when we, when we many times change assignments, 
it became so much of our identity and our calling that now we've, we've got those totally confused. And so we spend years many times trying to rediscover our, our identity or even reimagine our calling. But that was just an assignment. And, you know, NFL football players or any professional athlete, this is one of the greatest challenges for them from, an, from, a, from a humility side and as well as, well as an authenticity side. Because as soon as they step away from the game at 32 – you know, they've, they've, had this, they've had this assignment that became their identity. And now all of a sudden they're 32 and they're out of professional football or soccer or baseball or basketball. And they look around and go, my life is done. I, I don't, what, what am I supposed to do? I don't, I don't know anything else other than this. And, and I've, I've worked with several of them over the last several years and just reminding them, no, like this was an assignment for you. You, you've got a calling on your life that's way bigger than playing in the National Football League. Um, but, but many times we get those really, really confused. So let me stop there because I've gone on too long. But um, th- this, this tends to resonate really, um, really deeply with a lot of people because we've gotten it so wrong in, in our culture today because uh, we get those, those three different categories get, get, um, get put in, in wrong places. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. Thanks for breaking that down, Brad. That's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, I think two of the hardest questions you can ask yourself is who am I and why am I here? Right? Like Absolutely. so many people can't answer that question. And you know, I know that you're a man of faith. And it's funny because uh, I, I took a screenshot of a picture quote and I shared it with my uh, my girlfriend uh, before. And it's funny because it's so timely uh, that you're on this call now and I'm reading this out to you. But uh there's a really good quote and it, it sat so well with me and I think it really resonates and, um, and is in alignment with what you were just talking about. It's like we're here for something greater than ourselves, right? Here to serve. And I think yes. some people come to the world expecting to just like take from it and to like look at it in the negative and be like, oh, well, this is what I deserve or like an entitlement thing, but really we're here to serve. And the quote says, uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I think that's exactly. like right there. That's purpose, right? That's calling and purpose. Uh, no question. So, yeah. Yes. And, and, and here's the thing, Joel. Like if, if you find something bigger than yourself that, mm-hmm. that, that, it, that starts to give you a sense of, of, of calling of, uh, and, and why you're here, that, that will fuel you. I mean, th- this, is, yes. this is so important. The, the fuel for many of us, we, we – we talk about like, where does your passion come from? Where does your energy come from? Why do you get up in the morning? You know, why are you working so hard at, at, at this thing? And, and many times the answer for, for many of us is, is the wrong answer. It's because I want to be famous, because I want to make more money, because I want to um, impress somebody, because I want to, you know, be able to retire early. And, and those, are, those aren't bad things. Th- those aren't necessarily incorrect things, but they won't sustain your fuel. Like they are, they are short bursts of adrenaline. But man, you, if, you find what, if you find the answer to the question of what you said, Joel, why, why am I here? Like what, what is the, the calling on my life that regardless of assignment or, or season of, of assignment I'm in, this will always be the connecting point. And that's what so many of us are missing. We're missing the connecting point that starts to, to place, to connect all these dots together. And this is so important for millennials, younger leaders, because the average young leader today who's 25 is going to have 15 to 17 different seasons of assignment in their life. Like this is, this is the new reality. My dad had one job or one industry. He was a, he was a teacher, coach, high school coach. He was a principal. His dad had, had one job, you know, like 40 years, same career. Um, my dad, 40 years, same career. I'm going to have four to five different seasons of assignment. I worked mm-hmm. on, a, on a guest ranch in Colorado. I was part of a small boutique consulting company. I worked for John Maxwell for many years, helping him put on events. I ran Catalyst. Now I'm doing coaching and speaking and, and consulting. I'll probably have two or three other seasons of assignment in my, in, that make up my 40 years. But all of those are connected by my calling, which is to influence influencers. So I can, I can have so much freedom. That's the beautiful thing, is I can have so much freedom 
in my assignments if my calling has been figured out. Uh, but if we don't understand this, especially today, like 25-year-olds are going to bounce schizophrenically from, from thing to thing without anything that connects them together. And it'll just become projects. It'll just become the next thing that I'm working my way up the ladder or I'm, I'm just sort of taking on the thing that somebody said, well, you should do this. And man, I want people to feel more connected and, and, and feel more of a, of a true sense of this is why I'm here. Uh, and it doesn't matter then if you have 10, 12, 15 different seasons of assignment because you know it connects back to this other statement or other answer of the question, why are you here? And this is so crucial to the average 20-something, the light bulbs come on when they have freedom then, I've found, to say, oh, it's okay. It's okay that I'm going to have you know, 10 different jobs. It, it is okay um, as long as it connects back to some bigger purpose that you're, you're pursuing. Yes, 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 yes. You know, that's interesting you bring that up because uh, I don't know if you know, do you know Dr. John Martini? I don't. But maybe I should. He is incredible. This guy's read over 60,000 books in his lifetime. He speed reads and he travels the world. I think he's traveled to every single country in the world. He's very intelligent, a great speaker, coach, and author. And uh, we were talking about the difference between motivation and inspiration, right? And so motivation is when you rely on the extrinsic things, right? Like the, the um, external things to move you. Whereas mm. the inspiration is what's come from within in spirit, right? Uh, and that's really your calling there. Uh, what I want to do is I want to focus because I feel like the humble part is like we could jam all day long on humble <laughs> and still every, all the listeners will get massive value. I think everyone's already got that one thing. But if we move into the stay hungry, let's really get into that part there so that now they can they, they understand the mindset of like what they need to believe and what they need to, I guess, find within themselves to really be uh, inspired. But then what do they do next to really make sure that they stay hungry on their mission uh, for yeah. life. Well, it, and, and hungry is the connection point between the humble and hustle. Um, and, and here's one more thing before I jump into hungry about these three, is mm -hmm. these three all have to be working together. So I know a lot of leaders, Joel, who are incredibly humble and they have no hustle and they don't mm -hmm. do anything. So they've, they've got it all figured out in terms of their, their, their why. They, you know, they, they understand who they are. They're authentic. Uh, they, they, they're self-aware, but they don't do anything. Yeah. And then I know a lot of leaders who are, who are total hustlers and have no humility. <laughs> and I just can't stand to be around them. We all know, we, we can all raise our hands, you know, uh, digitally and say, yes, Brad, I know exactly who you're talking about right now. I've been like, I work for that person or, you know, they're a friend of mine and we, the, these all have to work together. They have to be in balance, like three legs of a stool. And the hunger is the part that connects a, a posture of humility and, and, a, and a willingness to go hustle. So here, here's, the, here's the one thing on the, on the humble, <clears throat> I'm sorry, on the hungry that I would say is, is really important. Um, big picture, you have to be a constant learner. Like you, you never arrive. Uh, you, you always have a moleskin in hand and a pin out. And that's the posture I want to have as a leader. Even when, I, even when I get to the finish line, even when I'm, you know, John Wooden, legendary basketball coach says this, it's what you learn after you know it all that actually counts. And, and that's a posture of a, of a hungry leader. And I think the practical piece, the, the one practical piece for me that I'm finding to be true in my stage of life as well as watching others is curiosity. Man, I want to be the most curious person in the room. And, and I want to I ask great questions. It, for anybody who's, who's trying to gain credibility as a leader, or just as a person, if you're 23 and you're going, man, I don't, nobody listens to me. Well, great. You know what? That's because you're 23. So become a great question asker. Don't try to give the right answer. Don't try to be um, the, you know, the solution to everybody's problems. Start asking really great questions. If, if you will become as a, as a leader at any stage, but especially when you're young, if you will become a great question asker, you will watch your credibility and your, and your influence rise. And I, I've seen it in every environment. I've, and here's the thing too, Joel, is when I watch great leaders that I admire, that I really respect, yep. they, they never quit asking questions. In fact, that's why they are, they are where they are. 
They are just constantly curious. They walk into every room, and most of the rooms they walk in, they are the center of attention. And instead of, of, of it being all about them, they start to, to navigate with each person many times in the room, and they, they, they're soaking up all the wisdom in the room. And they're just a sponge of curiosity. And that's why so many times that they are the best at what they do. That, that's why they are able to, you know, to inspire people. That's why it's this. I watched John Maxwell do this for years, Joe. I mean, I worked for John for many years. And John would go to these events. And he's the main speaker. I mean, he's the man. He's the reason people are there. And he gets done. And in a line of hundreds of people wanting their book signed, we would have to force John to let people go because he wanted to ask every one of them a question. Because <laughs> you know what he was doing? He was, he was soaking up wisdom and, and he's soaking up learning for being able to then inspire other people. And I mean, he had this yellow pad. He still does. He's, he has this yellow pad. And everywhere he went, he had this yellow pad with him. And he had one of those four colored pens that like has the blue, the black, the green, and the red ink yeah. in it. <laughs> and, and man, constantly, like he's, he's at a conference, he gets done speaking, there's another speaker, he's in the front row taking notes. Um, I've, I've watched him on panels at events, and he, he would grab his yellow, pen, yellow, yellow pad and the, and the pen, and he's taking notes of people while they're sitting next to him talking on a panel. And, and that's just the, that's the mindset I want to have, is I want to I be that leader who says, even when I arrive, even when I'm, when I'm the know-it-all, even when I'm the book writer, when I'm the leadership expert, when I'm the best-selling author, I never am too good to continue to be a constant learner. And, and curiosity is, I think, the, the practical habit. Everywhere you go, you know, when you walk in the laundromat, when you walk in a hotel, when you walk in to a bookstore, when you're talking to that, you know, that airport agent at the airport, when you're um, in line in a, in a grocery store, Obviously, at any event, you know, the, the people I remember are the ones who ask me the most questions. Um, and, and I just, I think that's so important today, especially to, to live out this posture that says, I want to learn from you. And the last thing on this is when you ask people a good question, it actually honors them. The best way to honor somebody mm. is to ask them a good question. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that's really interesting uh, about John because it's it's funny. I remember every event I've been to where Jack Canfield is, he's at the back of the room taking notes too. Yes. He'll get in there and, and sit and it doesn't matter who's speaking, he'll be there with his pen and his pad and he doesn't have to do that really. Oh, uh, no. Know, he, he could... John, but they do and it's, it's so amazing just to see that because we as young leaders can learn from the uh, – you know, the legacy leaders that have uh, paved the way. And I was actually speaking at an event in London. I don't know if you've heard of Caleb Maddox. He's a 14-year-old entrepreneur, speaker, author. And I thought, okay, you know, I, I didn't know what to think, right? But I was very open-minded to, you know, I want to meet him first, right? And I met him. And yeah. something about Caleb is that, that really stood out to me is he asked really powerful questions, he asks a lot of questions, but they're really good questions. And he's soaking in the answers. And his kid, it's like you're talking to a 25 or a 30-year-old. You forget mm. that he's 14 years old. So I believe you. I believe that, that it's all in the, the like continuing to uh, forever be a student in the, in the student chair. Yeah. And, and Joel, this is why podcast and people like yourself, um, when, when you when you know you're you're trading on equity of of having experts on your on your podcast and yeah. you're elevating them to places of honor by asking them really good questions and it doesn't have to be a podcast i mean that's one form you know but when i watch great people when i watch people who are really good interviewers um oprah winfrey is a great example like oprah she honors her guests because she she opens up the the ability for them to to actually impact people by by elevating them with a great question that gives them honor. Mm, and that, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a powerful tool to be able to, to honor somebody in that way because what you're, saying is, is to, what you're saying to somebody else is this, I want to hear what you have to say. In fact, I think that what you have to say is going to really change somebody's life. Therefore, I want 
to not only learn from you, but I want you to elevate. I want to elevate you by by platforming you in a way that gives you power and honor and influence. And man, this is this is just so important. I, I tell so many young leaders, and you're you're right about the 14 year old. The best way for you to to navigate up the ladder is is to not have all the answers. You, you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to have really good questions in your tool belt. Amen. Amen to that. I love it. Thank you, man. Thanks for sharing that. I, I really do feel like uh, there's there's been so much value already delivered. I really do. So this is this is great. You know, sometimes you when you jump on the interviews, uh, you you get, I guess, like simple surface level answers, but I love that how you really break it down because I feel like people can really get this and really, really uh, marinate in it and go deep with it. So thank you for sharing this. I really appreciate you. Well, you're welcome. And, you know, the reminder to me is always this, like my, <clears throat> my university and, and, uh, and learning days don't end when I'm done with school. Mm. And so many of us, we, we go through school, we get through elementary, middle school, high school, college or university. And then we go, okay, that's it. I'm done, man. I am, I am done with that world. I'm coasting the rest of my 40 years. I'm coasting to the finish line. And, and, you know, leaders are different. And, and so you're, you're constantly navigating this, this, this tension of, of a, a life that you, you were forced to learn when you were young, and now you're getting to choose to learn when you're old. And, you know, so be, be, a, be a soaker of, of information, but also just be a, be a lifetime learner. I mean, find books, listen to podcasts. We've never lived in a day, Joel, where there's more information and wisdom and and actually like inspiration at our fingertips. I mean, I am a podcast junkie. I, I bet I listen to 30 podcasts a week and I, it just, it fuels me. It, the, and this, I love living today because we've never had so much available to us, you know, so there's no excuses anymore. There's no excuses when somebody says, ah, you know, Brad, I don't, I, I'm not really into the learning thing. Like, come on, man, this is, you have to be doing that in order to, to lead well today. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, we're definitely uh, information abundant. That's for sure. So, Brad, let's talk about hustle. That's the last yes. piece, right? The 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 last uh, H in the H threes of leadership always hustle. So, how can we better hustle as leaders? Well, in this your crowd gets this one. I'm guessing that uh, your community, your tribe, your your network, the the addicted <clears throat> addicted to success podcast community. They are they're checking this one off the box. Uh, so <laughs> yes. we, we might I might need to give some lessons on actually like um, starting to calibrate your hustle, you know, because they're 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 um, they're probably going. Yes, I get this one. Like I'm willing to work my guts out. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to to stay and finish. Um, here's a couple of things to think about on the hustle. Is first of all. Um, it, it, it does have to do with excellence. And, and I, would, I would just remind people and encourage people that while you're hustling, while you're, you're, um, you're willing to work hard, you're willing to get up early and stay late, make sure that your factor of excellence is always um, there. And, you know, it, it has to be a balance of we're, we're shipping, as Seth Godin says, you know, we're, we're getting it out the door, we're we're, we're pushing things out the warehouse along with you're pursuing a standard of perfection. And th this is w when we start out, you know, we're, 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 we're willing to say, oh man, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to make this the best in the world. Um, and even when we, when we arrive and we all of a sudden have a product or, or a service or an organization or a brand that is the best in the world, the hardest thing for brands at the, that are the best in the world is to continue to be the best in the world. You know, like this is the, this is the curse of, of being number one many times is that now you have to, you have to actually maintain that. And so a standard of excellence is, is all of a sudden this metric by which we start to live, not just, not just a destination that we had when we started. Um, and another big one, Joel, is um, I, I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm an executor. So this is for a lot of people who are who are entrepreneurs, they get this one. You know, the sole proprietor, the person who has their own company. 
if you don't make it happen, if you don't execute and get it done, it doesn't happen. Like you, you are the, you are the, um, both the barrier and the actual like catalyst for execution. But for anybody who's in an organization, especially if you're young right now and you're listening to this and you're in a company and you, you're trying to figure out, okay, Brad, I, I get it. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be self-aware. Um, I would say, no, in the third on the hustle is you have to execute. So the best way for you to gain credibility, go up the ladder of influence, um, actually start to get opportunities is for you to take whatever you're doing right now and make it happen, get it done. So, cause so many times today we're, we're thinking about the, you know, the thing two or three seasons away or two or three jobs away or two or three projects away. And I would just remind people, especially young and especially in an organization that has lots of folks, no, like get it done. I mean, actually crush it with the assignment you've been given right now. And if you will do that, if you will finish things, if you will make things happen, if you'll be an anticipator for your boss, if, if you'll walk into your, you know, your manager's office and say, hey, those seven things that you asked me to do, those are all done. And I actually went ahead and did five other things that I thought needed to be done because I, I just know kind of the way the system works now. I promise you, your, your boss or your manager is going to go, thank you, man, amen, finally, I got somebody on my team who's who's not only willing to make it happen, but they actually now anticipate what needs to get done. You know, so we, we tend to think that, that we're supposed to be concepting or we're supposed to be ideating or we're supposed to be, you know, creating and we're supposed to be um, working on just the strategy to get there. That's true, but I promise you the way you stand out today is that you, you are a finisher. Like you, you move things to the goal line and into the end zone and you complete things. And if you will do that, especially in an organization and on a team, then, then your leadership will rise. Your influence will, will go up. Um, now, again, like I said, Joel, all the people, including yourself, all the people who, who are self-starters and, and who are running their own business and you know, you're taking out the trash and also playing the role of CEO, you get this, like hustle comes second nature to you. Um, but anybody who's in an organization, man, I would just remind them, like, make it happen. Push things to completion. Get things across the finish line. Uh, take the, the, the five things that your boss asks you to do and get them done, like this morning. Don't, don't, don't be the person who sits around and finally somebody has to come remind you, knock, knock on your door or send you a text, or send you an email and say, can you please, bro, can you please get those things done? That, well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on something. I'm, I'm, I, I'm working on a big idea. No, wrong answer. The, the right answer is, I got those done way before you asked me to get them done. And now I'm working on, you know, three new things. So that, that seems elementary, but I, I promise it will, it, will, it will elevate your status if, if you'll just be somebody who, who gets it done, who makes things happen. That, that would be a big one for me on the hustle factor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Action is the antidote to average. That's for sure. There you go. Yeah. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because I was just thinking then back to when I was working in a sales job and I think that if you could look at it like this, like there, there's listeners right now that are, that are tuning into this podcast and they're thinking, you know, they're in a day job right now. And they have a business idea or they, they want to move to starting their own business, right? What I found was when I look back and connect the dots, I was implementing a lot in, the, in my job, which then got me into good practice for when I started my own business. Like I, was, exactly. I started to become really proactive. I started learning sales so I could get good at my job, but I didn't realize that that was what I was actually going to bring into my new business that I started myself. So, so That's get, a great point. if you can get yourself into that mindset now, like listening to what Brad says, but also like getting that in your mindset of like, how can I start showing up in my job, being proactive and, and being like the people call it like entrepreneurs, come up with the ideas and action it and, and be a leader within your job. Then you can carry that into your business, right? Yes. That's yeah. exactly right. And, and, and the thing is, is, is we, we all love people around us who move the ball down the field. And who, who actually will take things and implement them. And, and so many organizations, man, this is so true in not just big organizations, but large and small. 
there are so many projects. I mean, hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of ideas, projects that are setting at, at the 50 yard line. And, and somebody started it, man, they had lots of energy and it got to the 50 yard line and just basically just stopped there. And th- this is the difference. I think the difference between a, a, not only a, a, an average leader and a great leader, but an average organization and a great organization is, is great organizations and great leaders move things to completion. Like they, and, and if you, you have to be somebody who says, if we're committed to this, this project, this, this new website, you know, this, this, this new sales strategy, um, the, and salespeople know this is true. Like if you don't sell, if you don't get the close, you, you go hungry, man. I mean, it, it, but, mm-hmm. but a lot of us in organizational life, we, we tend to move towards a default zone, which is if I can get in here and hide and nobody knows that I exist and, and you know, we can sort of like stir up some energy, but then we'll watch things just go to, again, the, the halfway point or the 50-yard line, and then they just sit there and nobody will notice, then, man, I can just get away with life. And one, that's, that's just an awful life and an awful existence. But two, you will never actually move up the ladder. And it's, as, you, as you said, Joel, as soon as you think, I got to get away from this, like I got to go fight, start my own thing, you're going to have the same habits in place that, that were actually frustrating you in that organization. And so you're so, this is such an important point that you just made. Um, start to, to put things in practice. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the old adage of this, is that you practice like you're the starter. When, when you're in that role in an organization and you're going, man, I just can't wait for two years from now when I can start my own thing, then you better start acting like you're in that in that own thing, even though you're in an organization. And this is true when, when you're the, when you're the second person in command, you know, when, when you are the, the, the low level manager and, and somebody says, Hey, what, what role do you want to have in two years? I want to be, I want to be a, be a VP. Great. Start acting like it right now. You're not getting paid like it. You're not getting um, treated like it, but you start acting like it right now. You start dressing like it. You start thinking like it. You start speaking like it. You start leading like that because you're, you're only going to be ready for that next role because you're already in that role, even if you're not in that role. And, and man, you are making such a good point. And I just want to reiterate it. Like you want to be an entrepreneur. You want to, you want to, you know, you're 32 and you want to jump out of that organization and start your own thing. Then you better have some habits in place before you get there. Cause otherwise it's going to be a bumpy ride once you get out on your own and you look around and it's fun. It's a honeymoon for like, you know, a month. And then all of a sudden you go, wait, like if I don't sell and I don't actually do something, nothing happens here. The old days, the, the organization just kept moving. But if it's just me and there's nothing happening, it's my fault. Yeah, that's, that's so right, man. That's so right. Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, that at any point in time, we can decide that we want to step it up, that we get yes. to decide, we get to choose whether we, we're going to be a leader in our space or not. And some people are actually okay with playing on the sideline or, or playing on the bench for a bit and then maybe just playing, you know, on the field but not really leading, right? So, like, I think really leadership is, is a decision, uh, but it takes a lot of practice, right? And another thing you said before is that, like, people admire uh, those that take action. I think the reason why, deep down, why so many people admire those that take action is the same reason why they admire people that uh, uh, face their fears and they admire people that stand up on stage with certainty. It's because most people believe they don't have that. That's exactly and so right. So just think about like, what are those things that you know that you feel like maybe you don't have and how can you tackle that and like face it head on and really get into it? Because that's really where the rewards are as well, right? Because if yeah. you can do that, you separate yourself quite quickly because most of the world, most of the population aren't willing to go there. I think yes. that's really a, a true, true leadership. Yes. And, and leaders, you know, leaders at the end of the day are the people who are willing to get out in front. Um, they're, they're willing to be in charge. They're, they're willing to stand up when others sit down. Um, yeah. And, and they're also willing to get in the trenches. This, this is the, this is the, the, 
you know, the, the bonus round of, of why great leaders exist today more than ever is because they are people of action. They, they, they're willing to stand up and be in front and take the hit. Like they're willing to get out in, in front of the crowd, but they're also willing to get down in the trenches and get their fingernails dirty in, down in the ditch. And the old days of leadership where you only were the one out front. Like, and, and to get in the ditch? What, what are you talking about, Brad? What are you talking about, Joel? Like, I, I don't get in the ditch as a leader. No, today you do. Because <laughs> you have to be willing to get down in the trenches and be next to your team. Not just in front of your team, not just in, out in front standing up, but next to your team, next to your tribe, next to your community with your fingernails dirty. And that's the difference of a great leader today is they're, they are willing to take action. They're willing to, to make it happen. They're willing to say, you know what, like, I'm going to get in the cubes with the, with the crew. I, I used to only sit in the corner office with my feet up you know, drinking a spritzer and barking out commands at the minions. That, that's the old days of leadership. Those days are long gone. So if, you, if, if that's your style today, you need to switch quickly. Um, the great leaders today are the ones in the middle of the action. And we have to be willing to, to get in there because that's where the credibility starts. That's, that's actually where we, we gain trust. That's where we, we prove our authenticity. It's where we show hustle. It's you know, all the things that we're talking about here are the habits. Um, but you also still have to be the one that, that is on stage, you know, standing up. You're, you also be the, have to be the one that is courageous out in front. And, and true leaders, man, they love that. They relish that. They actually embrace that with all they have. Um, and and I, I think it's exciting, you know, but we, we can't be one or the other anymore. That, that's what's important. We have to do both. Yeah, such a great point, Brad. Such a great point. Brad, thank you so much for uh, delivering so much value in this interview. I love it, man. I love this conversation. We're getting close to the end of this interview, and I had just a couple more uh, quick questions for you. Uh, one of them actually is, uh, what is your favorite quote from the Bible that you feel relates to leadership? Mm, man, great question. Um, you, you know, there are so many um, it's, it's hard to choose. Um, I, I think I would probably go, um, I would probably go into Philippians and, uh, there, <laughs> there's a great verse in Philippians two that says, humble yourselves. And that I, I, I'll just leave it at that. Like, I'm not even going to go into the whole verse. Um, and it's talking about the, the, the life of Jesus and that Jesus came in the form of a servant. Um, but this, this whole posture that, that great servants and great leaders are the ones who are willing to, to serve first. And that, for me, is, is so important. Um, so I, I would just say, you know, the, 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 the moral of the story on that particular verse is be humble. Um, the, another one for me, I'll give you two, sorry, um, uh, is, is in Matthew. Um, and... It's the idea of let your light shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And, and that for me is, is a, that's one of my life mantras, Joel, mm, is, that, is that my light, and that's not, I mean, that is light, but it's, it's let my work, um, let, my, let my books that I write, let my speaking, let my leading um, let the way I treat people, let, let all the things that fit, in, fit into that gap, um, that let, the, let, those th- let those things shine in such a way that what? They will see the good works and then glorify God. They won't glorify me. They, they will be a reflector. So when I think of, the, of my posture of, of, um, of being someone who is both a servant and humble, as well as a light creator, I'm a reflector. The, the goal of me is to reflect my Father in heaven. The, the goal is not to shine a light on me. And, you know, I, I, that's true about great leaders as well. It's great leaders, they, they, they are constantly reflecting the praise towards someone else or something else. And so those would be two that stand out. Yeah, thank you so much, Brad. They're great quotes. Thanks for sharing that. Amazing, amazing. 
Brad, how can we get hold of your book? How can we reach out to you? Uh, if anybody's interested in knowing more about you, where are you on social media? Man, the easiest way is uh, my all of my stuff is just my first and last name, Brad Lominick. So B-R-A-D-L-O-M-E-N-I-C-K. That's all the social media outlets. That's my website, just firstandlastname.com. Uh, the books are anywhere you know, airports, uh, on Amazon, you can find them there on my, on the web, on my website. So if you just remember Brad Lominick, that's the best way. Nice. So you beat all the other Brad Lominick's out there to the, uh, the usernames. You know, I, I, I don't know, even know if there is another one. I mean, I know you, Joel Brown, man, you got lots of people that are, that are, <laughs> yeah. that, are that are competing for the, uh, the URL, but uh, I don't uh-huh. I don't know if there's any other Brad Lominicks that exist in this world. If there are and they're listening to this podcast, man, hit me up because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know you exist. There's lots of other Lominicks, but I don't know of any other Brads. Yeah, that's great, mate. That's great. So, Brad, thanks a million for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm looking forward to going deep with your book too. I'm going to pick it up and, and, and have a good read of it and actually well, the habits. So thank you. Thanks, Joel, and thanks for what you're doing, man. You are, uh, you are a H3 leader. You know, I mean, truly, like I, we don't know each other well, but just from watching you from afar and the way you're, you're, uh, you're hustling. You're, you're a curious learner. Uh, you, I don't know you well, but you seem very humble. You seem authentic. You seem self-aware. Uh, you're, you're living this out. So for for the tribe and the community you built, man, I just love the fact that you are inspiring people on a on a regular basis so keep it up and man i'm here to help and just uh hopefully we get to hang out per- in person soon uh thank you mate yeah constantly learning and uh growing and evolving so i can serve uh serve more people so i i appreciate you uh noticing that thank you well, thanks for having me on yeah no problems man we're gonna get into this last question as we wrap up the interview so the question is if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Mm. Let me, let me, let me take a shot at it. Um, let's see. The, the legacy I leave with you is this, that you will love God that you will love others and that you will leave the world at a better place than you find it. So lead well, live well, love well, be well, and that your life would be an example. It would be a legacy. It would inspire people. As hopefully I've been able to, to inspire you. So let's be humble. Let's stay hungry. Let's always hustle. And let's finish the race well. <laughs>